We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I'm your host, Jethro Jones, and you can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Hey, guess what? I've got a book coming out. How exciting is that? It's called School X, and it's all about helping you as a principal be a designer of your school and not just a manager. So I hope you'll check it out. You can download the free chapter at schoolx.me. So just go to schoolx.me to download the first free chapter. And once you get it, hit reply to the email and tell me what you think. Looking forward to sharing that with you. That's schoolx.me. This episode is brought to you by John Cat Educational, a professional development publisher serving as the global leader in combining both research and practice in all materials. Find timely PD publications to support yourself and your faculty by visiting them online at us.johncatbookshop.com. Great instruction gets students engaged. TeachFX equips teachers with the instructional strategies and job-embedded feedback they need to get students engaged in virtual or in-person classes. Learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer at teachfx.com slash transformative principle. I am excited to be a media partner for the Conrad Challenge. The Conrad Challenge is this amazing educational experience that allows students to create real-world applications to solve problems that we are facing today. It's amazing. Check out more at conradchallenge.org. That's conradchallenge.org. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am excited to have Mariana Aguilar on the program today. Mariana, thank you for joining Transformative Principle and welcome. Thank you so much for having me here today, Jethro. I'm thrilled to be here. Good. So one of the things that I wanted to talk with you about was this idea about engagement as it, as it relates to 
how student engagement has been, especially during the pandemic. You work for a company called GoGuardian that does provide services to schools, and you could have some insight into student engagement as well as your own research around that. So let's talk about that idea and let's just jump right in. Absolutely. Love it. Let's do it. All right. So um, when it comes to student engagement in an online or hybrid environment, how do you define that? That's such a great question. I think this is actually something that came up quite a bit in our field research. So we actually just completed a field research study with over 450 participants from across the country, teachers, students, school leaders, IT administrators, policy leaders. And the first question we always ask is, how would you define or describe engagement? And so while I know you're asking specifically about online and in a hybrid environment, I think it really begins with asking about engagement period, and then what that kind of translates to. So what we found in our field research is that it's incredibly hard to define engagement. So there is not one consistent definition of engagement, and yet every educator, student, leader we spoke with could would say that they could feel it. They knew it when it was happening. They knew it when they walked in a classroom. As a former teacher myself, I feel very similarly. I knew it when my students were engaged. So taking a stab at what were some of the kind of consistencies that we heard, as well as what do we know based on the existing literature and existing research. Some of the things that are very consistent when we think about what engagement looks or feels like and how we would describe it would be students are immersed in what they are learning. They are deeply invested in their learning experience and in their outcomes. They are emotionally connected to that learning experience as well. They're taking pride in what they're learning, right? Whether it's like, call on me, call on me, or I want to share my work. And so examples of this manifest slightly differently in a hybrid or online environment, but really similarly, these kind of key themes continue to emerge, right? So this might look like a student sharing their Google Doc or their Google Slides presentation before it's actually done and just sharing it with their teacher to say, hey, what do you think, right? So it's still that pride in what they're learning. Reaching out to ask questions preemptively if they don't understand something. So it's that investment, that drive to succeed. Again, it's a little harder on video conference call, right? We're all experiencing this, whether we work in education or not. It can be hard to read people's body language, but even yet, I think there's a clear difference when you are speaking with someone and they are engaged in eye contact and clearly not multitasking versus when they clearly are multitasking or very distracted. So those are just a couple that I would call out. I think the overarching themes remain the same in online versus in-person learning, but how they manifest or what those kind of signals would be are slightly different. Yeah, and that's something that uh, Seth Godin and I, in, in an earlier interview on this podcast, talked about the idea of engagement versus enrollment and how when you're enrolled in something, you're there, you're showing up for it, you're excited about the opportunity, and it's it's different than just being engaged. And one of the things that I've felt about engagement for a long time is that we, especially in the ed tech space, we've said, you know, put technology in front of kids and they're engaged. And engagement is not the be-all and end-all measure of what students are doing. And so I really appreciate your definition of a student sharing a Google Doc and seeking feedback before it's completed, a student being emotionally invested in something. I think those are really key descriptors to help us see what engagement, or as I've started calling it, enrollment, really looks like. And so it's 
it's more than just making sure the kid is doing the work, right? It's, it's about them enjoying and being, like I said, emotionally invested in that work. And there, there's got to be some ways that you support that or turn that off when it comes to students being engaged. So, so what, what does that look like? How do you turn that on when you're doing work with students? That's such a great point. I really appreciate that you called that out about how difficult it is to even define or quantify engagement especially right now in this remote learning context, we're seeing so many districts and even some, you know, ed tech companies, right, that are really trying to figure out how can we create some type of metric to understand when students are engaged or enrolled. And they're looking at things like logging into a device or not logging into a device. And the reality is that might be the best proxy that we as an education system have right now, but it just doesn't even come close to telling the whole picture. So I think the second piece, right, actually, so sorry to ask this, Jethro. Can you remind me of the second part of the question? I just, I, I wanted to make sure to respond to what you had said. Yeah, no problem. How to turn on engagements for students, especially in an online space. Ah, yes. Great question. So there's so many different tactics and strategies that teachers pull on when they're in person. And in a remote learning context, it can feel very different, and it is in many ways. But in certain ways, it's actually similar in that you can draw on similar tactics. So a couple key things come to mind, and and these are a lot of what we heard in the field research, as well as what's common in the existing literature as well. So one would be, for example, building that strong teacher-student relationship is still really important, just the way it is in a classroom, right? Having a trusting culture, a trusting classroom culture where students feel comfortable to take risks, to ask questions is key. And it is even more key in a remote learning context where students might feel even less confident taking themselves off mute to ask a question in front of all of their peers. It is that much more difficult for the teacher to create that relationship with the students, but that is one key factor. So certainly building those strong, trusting relationships and creating that classroom culture is essential. Well, I was just going to, I, I was just going to add about the idea of like whether or not kids are actually engaged or logged into something, you know, in the spring when the schools shut down, you know, we were having these district meetings and they were, for me to be there was really quite pointless, to be honest. And so I was engaged, quote unquote, because I was logged in. I was at the meeting. But what I actually did is Zoom had that feature where you could, uh, you know, do a virtual background with a video. I actually recorded myself for about a minute and then set that as my virtual background so that then I didn't have to actually be there. And it looked like I was there. And this is like really childish, silly stuff, right? <laughs> but... But at the same time, I recognized that I didn't need to physically be sitting there watching the screen because they weren't doing anything that was like where I needed to actually be in that synchronous meeting. So I put my AirPod in, I listened to the whole thing, but I walked on the treadmill all the time to get a little bit of exercise and it was over off to the side. And so like, yeah, you can sure do, you know, a bunch of different things to track engagement, but that doesn't really help with what you said is so important, which is having those relationships so that people want to be engaged in the conversation. Oh man, that is a great anecdote and a great example. Certainly, right? Having your face on the screen doesn't necessarily mean you are engaged in what you are learning at all. I'm going to use that story. (laughs) That is a really good one. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. We, you know, and this is one of the struggles, right? It's like, a lot of historical research has used attendance in traditional in-person classrooms as a measure of engagement. And it's essentially very similar to saying like a student 
logged in or did not log in. And that is sure the baseline, but it's hardly the pinnacle of what we're really striving for as an education system. John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. The latest John Cat publications include a book whose bold, transformative ideas amaze and infuriate people around the world, according to one reviewer, a title from Global Leaders in Curriculum Planning, Practice, and Retrieval, one book that says stop talking and start doing with regard to teacher well-being, and much more. These books, used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide, amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes at jethrojones.com slash podcast. During COVID, every teacher is a new teacher. That's why innovative school leaders are turning to TeachFX, whose professional learning platform doubles student engagement online or in person. To learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer, visit teachfx.com slash transformative principle. Yeah, so what suggestions and advice do you have for teachers and principals to, to start increasing that engagement for their kids so that they're doing things that build those relationships, they're doing things that that help the kids want to be involved? Where do you, where do you start with that? Yeah, great questions. So I, I, I would say certainly the relationships piece is big. And I would highlight not just the relationships with the students, but also, especially in this context, but always it's important, teacher relationships with families, principal relationships with families, right? Having a successful educational experience really requires a partnership between a teacher and a student and the family. And so creating those opportunities to facilitate virtual family calls, setting expectations so parents know what to expect from your classroom or your school for the coming school year, perhaps even hosting a virtual back to school night, right? These types of things to create the relationships with families. From a pedagogical standpoint, I think about some instructional practices, for example, smaller groups. So if you can, if you're teaching students 30 students and you can break out into smaller breakout groups, that can be really powerful so that students feel more comfortable speaking up. And we all know that it's not particularly productive to have a 20-person discussion in a Zoom call. Not, not, certainly not, definitely not if you're an adult, but even more so if you're a child, right? It's already awkward enough for adults. And so I think that's one. Another piece here I would say is there's some best practices that teachers do, right? Like check for understanding. Give me a thumbs up if you understand. Or on a scale of one to five, how confident are you feeling knowing how to solve seven times seven? Five, I could do it on the back, you know, with my eyes closed in two seconds. One, I'd need a pen and paper, right? You can still do that on a video conference call. You can pose a question to your whole class and ask them to hold one to five or thumbs up, thumbs down. And so you're still getting this kind of check for understanding. You can also do exit tickets in the chat, right? So again, another common practice as an educator are these exit tickets to get a gauge of where your students are. And so you could actually do an exit ticket question where you have students chat in their response. And so again, you're getting a pulse of where your students are. I think one of the key things when it comes to instructional practices in a remote learning context for engaging students is beginning to get creative 
with the technology and it doesn't have to be complex. You could just be using video conference and the actual chat tool on the side. And even that, if you're varying that up between like, I'm gonna pose a question to the whole class, everybody chat the response to cold calling or inviting people to have a discussion, you're now creating a more dynamic environment for the students. Well, and to, and to that last piece, I'd like to add that you can also, with that, you can have students write their response before anybody speaks, which is a, a great technique that we use in the classroom all the time. But also that's something they can type out their response and then they're just reading their response, which I think adds some value to that conversation as well. Going back to that idea of, you know, having a, a discussion with multiple people on the Zoom call, it's not really that effective because you... You lose your train of thought. People are talking and you get distracted or you move the conversation moves on. And it's really hard to go back. But one thing that that I would love to see more of is this idea of write down your response and then we're just going to read and everybody's going to give their response. That way, everybody has a chance to participate. Everybody's involved. Then after you've done that, then break out into the smaller groups so that the teacher can see everybody's had an opportunity to respond but then also the kids can go deeper in smaller groups or, you know, variations of that. Those are all things that that I think are, are really good. Um, a couple of months ago, you wrote an article about in EdSource about uh, young people being able to change the world and gave a couple of examples of, of them being given the opportunity to do that. Can you talk a little bit about how that can help them be engaged? And you gave the story of the uh, Tennessee former governor recruiting kids to do coaching and and then also the kid in Flint, Michigan, who uh, did the chemistry thing to make sure that he was testing the water appropriately. You know the details better than I do, I'm sure, but just want to remind you of those, those two examples. Yes, absolutely. Great call. <clears throat> and I couldn't agree with you more on having students type out their responses, by the way. I would just add to that that it also supports different processing styles, right? So for some students who want to be able to process internally or independently or may not feel confident processing aloud, you're giving that opportunity. So you're differentiating to the different processing styles as well. So wholeheartedly agree and just wanted to double down on that. And I'm so glad you brought up this piece about project-based learning, though, or community-based learning and really there's an opportunity to bring the two together. And so the article that you're referencing really talks about a couple of examples, one in which students did a project-based learning assignment in which they were examining and trying to identify lead and how that impacts health outcomes. And the point here in this article and what I would double down on here is that especially right now, but really always, students want to feel like they are having an impact on the world. We all do, whether we're 10 or 15 or 40, right? That's what fires us up, to know that we are having an impact on the lives of people around us and in our community. And so at a time like this, when things are uncertain, we are uniquely well positioned as educators to be able to bring students into the problem-solving process by identifying opportunities for them to learn while contributing to their community. And this doesn't have to be particularly complex. If you're a teacher or a principal, you can literally identify opportunities in your own community. Perhaps you walk by a restaurant that used to be really popular and buzzing, and it looks like they're having a really hard time making the transition to outdoor seating, perhaps. Right? You can go in and have a conversation and ask them what they're finding particularly challenging. And maybe that you end up creating a partnership between your school and that restaurant. And it could be a project opportunity for a high school English class to write 
articles for that restaurant's website to help drive up attention. Maybe you have a photography class where they can actually go in and practice taking photos, right? Of course, you want to observe social distance. So maybe it's like one student or two students at a time and they have an opportunity to take photos. You could also think about if you have math or geometry courses, how can they repurpose the outside space that they do have accessible to them? Maybe they only have a small area on the sidewalk. How can they optimize that space for customers? And you actually have students thinking about essentially floor plans and layouts, right? And so instead of having them do these worksheets of like calculate the area of this square, because that feels so disconnected from anything you would do in real life anyway, you're giving them a real life problem and you're grounding it for them in information that they need to learn and they need to master. And they're going to have an opportunity to apply it, which we also know based on, you know, Bloom's taxonomy, that this type of uh, application of knowledge also draws on greater cognitive resources. And so students are more likely to internalize this learning as well. So it's really a win-win if you can identify these opportunities. It's a really powerful learning experience for the students. It's also incredibly meaningful for them. And so you start to drive this inherent engagement because people want to have an impact. They absolutely do. And, you know, we were talking about Kodiak before I we started this call. And one of the things that we did at, in Kodiak was we built a, a hoop house, greenhouse for our students. We had a teacher who really jumped on this idea and she got them all to garden. And by the end of the school year, these kids were harvesting food that we were putting directly into the lunchroom to feed the students in the school. And, you know, that required a ton of collaboration through multiple people in the community with a lot of work going back and forth on that. And, you know, it's it's a little tiny product of a salad. But the fact that most of those vegetables were grown in the greenhouse on our campus through the support of different community partners it was just amazing to to see how that worked and and what came of that. So, you know, those are those are little things, but they they leave a big impact and they make a big impression on kids as they as they get to feel that they're participating and having an impact like that. So, in closing, I'd like to to ask the question, what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative leader like you? Oh, what a great question. And thank you for saying that. I think I would say one thing to being a transformative leader at a school and in general is to look for opportunities everywhere. So kind of what I just highlighted here, whether you're walking down the street and you see this restaurant, there are opportunities all around you to draw in resources for your school. They may not seem obvious at first, but really try to I would challenge anyone who's listening to this podcast to try to identify those opportunities in unlikely places because they really are all around. It's just about changing the perspective to see them that way. Yeah, I think that that is great advice. And uh, Mariana, I want to thank you for being part of Transformative Principle. This has been a great conversation. If you'd like to connect with Mariana, you can find her on Twitter at Marmar Aguilar. And um, you can get show notes for this episode at jethrojones.com slash podcast slash episode 354. Yes, 354. All right, Mariana, thank you so much for being part of Transformative Principle. Oh, thank you. This is a pleasure. Thank you to our valued partner, John Cat Educational. If you are a leader looking to make transformative change by providing yourself and your leaders 
and teachers with professional development that is research-based and rigorous, yet easy to digest and full of practical strategies, check out the latest publications from John Cat. Visit us.johncatbookshop.com to find information on bulk orders or learn much more in our show notes. You can also use the code TRANSFORMATIVE to save a bundle at us.johncatbookshop.com. School principals across the country are using TeachFX's virtual PD and job-embedded feedback to boost student engagement during COVID. With TeachFX, teachers get eight times more feedback and generate 144% more student engagement on average in a school year with no additional work for school leaders or teachers. To learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer, visit teachfx.com slash principal. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E.